uh, go ahead and turn to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number three. Ecclesiastes, chapter number three. And we're going to begin reading in verse number one. When you arrive there, you can say amen. To everything, or every time, everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. It's a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. It's a time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit has the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, it is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Pray with me. Father, once again, we thank you for this great and awesome opportunity Father, to assemble around your word, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, I pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would use my mouth, my hands, and every part of me to express, Father God, the uh, urges of the Spirit. Father, I pray this morning, God, that every ear will be open, every heart will be uh, wide open to receive. I pray for clarity, I pray for wisdom. I pray that after hearing this message today, that God, that there will be something deposited into us that will change us forever. Father, I thank you for the opportunity, God, that you have given to us. I thank you for the wisdom of your word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word, it remains strong and firm and forever. And it is to the word that we bow this morning and that we might hear and obey what the Spirit is saying to the church. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. 
I want to talk to you this morning about the subject of times and seasons. Times and seasons. One of the things that we must learn to embrace is that God is a God of seasons. Seasons of life, what we have discovered, that they move, tend to move from one season to the other rather quickly. One moment, you can find yourself being happy. The next moment, you can get some bad news that turns your life upside down. One moment, you're rejoicing. In the next moment, you could be crying. One moment, things are going your way, and everything is just moving along great. And you're excited. You're happy. And all of a sudden, a moment comes. Something happens in your life, and you enter into a new season. It's this thing of seasons, I want this to get into your spirit. God is the God of seasons. And many Christians, if you don't understand this, then you can get frustrated in your season and you can make some bad choices if you're not careful and you can step outside of the will of God because you don't understand that God does ordain seasons in your life. Now, we're going, we're going to expound upon this a little bit more as we go along. Now, now, hear this. Our destiny was created in eternity, but life is experienced in seasons. Let me say that again. Our destiny, our purpose. How do we know God predestined some things over us? God knew. God was working in us before you ever came on the scene. You ought to be happy about that. God was working. God had a plan. God knew you before you ever came on the planet. He knew all about you. And to think that he would still love you and take you in and be so good to you. It's amazing, isn't it? He knew. He predestined us. So our destiny is created in eternity, but life is experienced in seasons. Seasons, yeah. Seasons, the good seasons, the bad seasons. Life is experienced in seasons. So we're left in a place where we have to, and we say this so carelessly at times, and we use this phrase so easily, and we say, oh, man, you ought to trust God. But do you really know how challenging it is at times to really trust God? Come on. Sometimes it's really hard to trust the God that you can't tangibly put your hands on. The God that you can't see. The just shall live by what? Faith. It's all a faith thing. And it's going to continue that way until he comes back. But timing in life and seasons and timing is everything. I mean, the wise would testify to this. You know, it's a time that you're supposed to propose to your wife or your fiance, right? I mean, you know, men, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you wanted the right time. You set the mood. You wanted everything to be right. I mean, no, timing is everything. A receiver and a quarterback being on the same page. How do you know timing and being in sync is what? Everything. And so it is in the kingdom of God. Timing is everything. 
Many people have made mistakes in life, not because they didn't necessarily receive a call from God, but because they stepped outside of God's timing. They got impatient. They couldn't wait. Things weren't moving quick enough. Am I preaching to myself? Things weren't happening fast enough. You've been praying. You've been believing. You've been doing all the things right. And things have come to a screeching halt. And you're thinking to yourself, I got to do something. You heard me say this. I got a call from God to preach in 1997. I didn't really start entering it. I didn't get ordained in the ministry until 2009. God dropped things into your life and into your spirit that is not necessarily meant for now. See, there's a timing. God knows. Oh, y'all got to work with me. God knows everything about you. The Bible says that every hair on your head is numbered or not numbered in my case. So God is intimately aware of everything about us. And the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you and I both know that God said that when we cry out to him, he says, I hear you. I mean, no, God loves you. He knows that God is not some, you know, playing hide and go seek. God is not out there trying to elude you. God is not trying to make it difficult for you to find him. God is at work in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Every day, even when it don't feel like God is working, he is working. Oh, God is shifting. God is moving some things. God is, he is always working because we have an awesome God. And nothing is, that's why we say in Christianity, there's no such thing as luck. Don't say good luck to me. Just say good favor. Because that's what it is. Because destiny has gone ahead of me. Destiny. We're a people of purpose. And so we must understand that there are seasons in our lives. Sometimes I know there are seasons that we don't like. There are seasons that we don't prefer. I get it. But seasons are necessary. Oh, I'm going to go deep with this. Listen, y'all remember Moses. Talk about timing. Moses received a call from God. Moses felt like everybody else ought to know that I'm called of God. Everybody ever felt that way? Everybody ought to know that God has put this in me. And Moses jumped ahead of God a little bit and killed an Egyptian, and he was running from the law for 40 years. He was a fugitive. Moses would have been one of the ones, I'd have been extraditing back from Egypt, whatever, whatever, desert, wherever he was at. He was, he was on the run. And then Moses facilitated a 40-year delay. God was still gracious. But Moses acted out. And then there was, there was Abraham. You remember Abraham, right? Abraham, God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. And through your son, all the nations of the earth, Abraham will be blessed. The son's going to come through your loins. And, and God gave him that word. Abraham received that word. But God, I'm getting a little bit old, God. I know you made a promise, but that was about 10, 12 years ago. So uh, I tell you what, I'm going to go and find somebody else. And we're going to have a child named Ishmael. 
So Ishmael came, and Ishmael, there's a problem with that, that seed of Ishmael even in the Middle East today. Huh? That's a whole nother sermon. But in other words, Abraham, he got a little bit impatient because he had to make it happen. We live in a generation today that wanted yesterday. But we serve a God that is always saying, you know, it doesn't matter where the world goes. It doesn't matter what speed the world goes. You know, I, most people that I know that have made mistakes in life, Christians that have made, they haven't made, they haven't made mistakes be, be, because um, uh, 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 they, 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 they move too slow. Uh, they made mistakes because they move too fast. Because God usually moves a couple steps slower than what you think. Now, when he does move, boy, he moves. <laughs> when he moves, he will hit you upside the head, and you'll be like, whoa, whoa, what happened? God just showed up. And you'd and you be like, Jacob, oh, the Lord was in this place. I didn't know it. He'll show up in a minute. He will show up in an instant. But David, you remember, David was a perfect man who understood his season. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 24 and 1 Samuel chapter 26. We don't have time to turn there, so I'm going to say these scriptures, but you got to go home and study them. Can you promise me you do that? Go back and read them. Read them. Hold me accountable. Read them. David had an up. David was a mighty man of God. Did no wrong. Served Saul was his father-in-law. And Saul tried to kill David because Saul was jealous because he saw the anointing of God on David. He looked at David as a threat. So what did old Saul do? Chase David around and try to kill him. David would be sitting at the table. David would just be eating with the whole family, and Saul would just look at him and take a, a, a spear in his hand, and he would throw it at him. And David was like, what? why are you doing this to me? Why are you throwing a spear? What did I do to you? I mean, you're talking about crazy. Saul had lost it. And David becomes a fugitive. He is running, and Saul is chasing him like a dog. David has an opportunity. David has an opportunity. Two opportunities that we know of in Scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 24, 1 Samuel chapter 26, where David could have killed Saul. Saul, in one of the episodes in 1 Samuel chapter 4, Saul is laying down asleep. And David walks in. And, and you know what his buddy said? His buddy said, David, this is your opportunity. The Lord. The Lord. But watch people tell you what the Lord said. The Lord has delivered him into your hands, David. Right now, kill him. David, because if you do, you can be the king. <laughs> you can be the guy who's in charge. I mean, this is what God is doing. Let's do this, David. David said, no, no, no. I can't touch the Lord's anointed. It's not time yet. There's another time when Saul was sitting on the can doing business. Y'all interpret that. And uh, that's all I need to go with that, right? Okay. And uh, they, they cut his robe. David 
snuck in and, and cut his rope. And David had another opportunity. Surely, surely, David, God has delivered him into your hand. David said, no. In fact, the Bible said when David cut his robe, David's heart got convicted. Because David understood that there was a season of time that he had to go through in preparation for where God wanted to take him. How many many know that when God wants to take you, oftentimes you're going to have to go through certain seasons? How many know David had to know what it was like to forgive? David had to know what it's like to be mistreated. David had to know what all of that was like to have to to be uh, uh, your life to be hanging in the balance. So you did nothing wrong. David had to still maintain his integrity. And how many know David passed the test? He waited on God. It was a season. He had to endure that season. He could have very easily said, well, you know what? I'm taking matters into my own hands. I'm going to kill him. Too many of us think that way sometimes today, don't we? We take matters into our own hands. And here's the problem. What we do, when we try to bypass the season, see, seasons are like training camp. Y'all understand what training camp is? It's, it's the time when you learn and you get prepared to dwell in a place God wants to take you. And how do you know God is taking you someplace? But, but guess what? You got to go through these seasons in life. Oh, pastor, I don't like it. I got it. We, we cannot like it together. I cry with you, pray with you. But there are seasons, and the seasons prepare you ultimately for what God wants to do. And so when we step outside of God's timing, we get in trouble. How many of you have stepped outside of God's timing, you knew it, and you had to go back and take the test all over again? If anybody ever, <laughs> I got to hear anybody, you know, I mean, you know it. You know how I shouldn't have, but I did it. You felt good when you did it. Until later you thought about it, you calmed down, and you realized, what did I do? We must embrace seasons. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. You're already there. So here's what this passage teaches us, what I just read to you. Seasons are a part of life. Now, watch this. You ever hear people say, man, this is my season? When people normally say that, they say that because they're expecting something good to happen, right? That's why you say that. You don't say, this is my, this is my season when things are not going well. Am I right about it? Well, let me say this to you. You can be in your season and things not going the way you want them to go. Oh, 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 I just stepped on some toes. I'm going to show you from the word of God. You can be, listen to me, you can be in a season. Now, every season can be a God moment because God is Lord over the seasons. So watch this. I need to embrace change. Now, how many people don't like change, do they? I'm not talking about the kind of change the president was talking about. I'm just talking people don't like change. But yet God is a God of seasons. And so we lost this. We got to learn how to embrace the hardship as well as embrace the good times. Mm. I'm I'm going to bring it home in a minute. You'll get it in a moment. Just stay with me. So God is the one who established seasons in the natural and in the spiritual. Seasons. God controls. Everybody say controls. The seasons. Daniel chapter 2. 
verses 20 through 21 says this. Listen to this. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the what? Seasons. How many know that he is Lord over the seasons in your life? Yeah, the seasons that you go through, the good ones and the ones you don't like. How many know that he's still in control? How many of you really believe that God is in control? Hebrews 2, 8. I'm going to just spit these out. You don't just write the verse down because I'm not going to have time to turn there. Hebrews chapter 8. Putting everything in subjection under his feet now and putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of his control. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that is in it. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. The Lord kills and brings to life. He makes, he brings down to Sheol and he raises up. The Lord makes poor and he makes rich, he brings low, and he exalts. Colossians 1, verses 16 through 17. For by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on the earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominion or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. God is in control of every aspect of your life. But how many know that the fight is fixed? How many of you like to watch a fixed fight? Oh, you like to watch a fixed fight? I never like that. I don't like to watch a fixed fight. When they fight, you want to know, right, that you want the best man to win? Let me tell you something. The fight has already been fixed. God has already predetermined that you won. That's already, that is settled. If you don't understand your ultimate destiny, will you please read Revelation? It's a wonderful picture of where you're going to end up. The fight has been fixed. But now, but you're going to have to go through some seasons in order to prepare for what God wants to do in this life and the life beyond. How many of you know God knows what he has, what he wants to do in your life? Now watch this. I'm going to make a statement that's going to probably bring a little bit of unrest, but I'm going to make this statement. I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I'm going to be a little bit more forceful with it. Amen? See, seasons, sometimes God appoints slash allows whatever makes you feel better. Times of hardship and pain. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes God appoints or allow, for most of us, we, we like allow sounds better. Times of hardship and pain. And, and, and now I say a point. Now think about it now. Point. It's, it's the same thing. Whether God allowed it, whether God appointed it, doesn't matter. He's still Lord over it. And if God doesn't stop it, then God is still Lord. You hear what I'm saying? He's still in control. John 15, verses 1 and 2. Are you there? Get there real quick. John 15, the Gospel of John. Chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. We're going to get this down. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're going to work this a little bit. When you get there, say amen. I want you to lay eyes on it. I want you to get your eyes on the prize. Jesus said, I'm the true vine. Hmm. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, 
he takes away. Now watch this. And every branch that bears fruit, he what? Prunes that it may bear what? More fruit. Oh, oh, pastor. Now, how many know that pruning don't feel good? Anytime you got to get cut, that ain't a good feeling. How many know God puts his children sometimes under the knife? Oh. He has to cut off your bad attitude. He has to cut off your pride. He has to cut off your arrogance. He got to cut off your, your, your adultery, your whoremongering, your, your evil thoughts. He has to cut it all off, right? God laid us on the table, and he cut. How many know that the, 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 the God is a surgeon, that there are even some stuff that he cut off that you don't even really know about? Because all of us, let me tell you something right now. We all see dimly, Paul says. There are areas in our own life where we think we're at a certain place where we're really not. I've discovered that over and over and over about myself. So what God does, God pushes you under the knife and he begins to prune you. In other words, God takes you through seasons of life where he got to quarantine you, so to speak, where he got to cut off some stuff. And how many know, does, does pruning hurt? I mean, I mean, do you like pruning? <laughs> Nobody likes pain. Nobody likes, I mean, no change is hard. When, when God is working in us to fix us and change us, I mean, no, that's a job. I can say it for myself. It's a job. And so what God does, he comes and, 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 and he begins to prune us. And so how does he does it? He does it through seasons. He allows us to go through seasons of time where God got to prepare us for what he wants to do in our life. How many know that God has a plan for everybody in here? You got to know that. If you're in the kingdom today, you got to know. You've heard me say it over and over again that you are not just here to suck up air. There's a divine protocol, purpose by which God has called you to. And watch this. And whatever God has called you to, he is in the process of getting you in shape so that you can fulfill what he wants you to do. How many remember the story of the children of Israel when, when God said, he said, he said this one time concerning Israel. He said, you're going to go into the land of promise. But, 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 but he, he he, he said to them that before you get into the land of promise, there are some things. How many know the children of Israel had a lot of issues? <laughs> they didn't know how to trust God. They weren't in faith. There was a lot of problems. So God took them through a season where they had to go around that mountain. How many years did they wander? Forty. Some would be like, that's a long season. Well, for that group, they need every bit of that. <laughs> for that group, they need all 40 of them years. Some of them, they died because they just wouldn't accept what God was trying to do. So there are seasons in your life that, that I, want you to, I want you to catch this because some of you, you're going through a season right now and you can't quite figure it out. But God knows what he's doing. You can rejoice. I'm, I'm going to close it real good for you today, but you got you to gotta stay with me. Don't go nowhere. Y'all still by my side. Stay with me. I'm still working. I'm still working. But we got to understand that God will put us under the knife sometimes. In other words, he's going to put you through seasons of challenges, seasons of difficulty. Watch this, because it's not just about you.
What God is doing is generational. How you know the kingdom is huge? The kingdom of God goes way beyond your address. The kingdom of God goes way beyond your personal likes and your dislikes. The kingdom of God is vast. It is enormous. And God is doing things every moment, even while you're sitting here right now, right now, if you can catch this, catch it. While you're sitting here right now, God is pulling strings in the spirit. Amen. There's some things that's running in the background. You ever, you ever, go, you ever go see a play? You, you sit there and you watch the stage play, and there's always some rumbling in the background. But the people on this watching, they can't see what's behind the scenes. But how I many know there's always something working? How I many know God is always cooking up something? Because he's a God of purpose. God just doesn't do things just to be doing them. Everything that God does has a purpose. Well, well, we don't need our wisdom tooth. Well, if God gave me my wisdom tooth, it's a purpose for it. I don't need my tonsils. Well, why did God put them there? I'm just saying. Somebody said, but Pastor, you, no, I'm not, you need to get your tongues out of this. I'm not, listen, hear me. If you need to do whatever, you get your wishes. If you're hurting, get them out, whatever. I'm just saying, you got to qualify us there because people go out and say stuff, you know, misrepresent. But, but you understand, you understand what I'm saying? So, so everything God does, everything, there's, there's purpose, purpose. Nothing God does when he, he, he doesn't do It's a purpose attached. That ought to bring some comfort to you and me. God, I mean, because I know that even though I'm going through this season right now, even though it's hard, even though it may be painful, even though I may be confused, even though I may not understand, I know that God is in control. So watch this. I can rejoice even in my season. Even when I'm going through a season, how many know you are supposed to produce? He cut you that you might bear what? More fruit. You hear that? More. That's why he cut you. How many know a surgeon, when they operate on you, they're trying to fix you, I hope. Unless you got Dr. Kevorkian. He's a whole other story with that joke. But when you go under the knife, God proves you. That's a season in your life. And all of us that have these seasons where God has to cut off stuff. God had to, how many know the story about Joseph? How many know Joseph was in a bad place? Joseph was sold into Egypt by his brothers. His own family turned on him. His own, his own brother, blood. How many know they say blood's supposed to be thicker than what? But Joseph's brothers got so jealous of him. Y'all got to work with me. You, you got to hear this. Hear this. I don't want nobody to get tired. Hear this. Joseph was thrown into a pit, taken away from his father that he loves, sent to a foreign land. He didn't even know the language of the people. They shipped him off. And then while Joseph is over there, he goes through a series of problems where a lady tries to, yeah, all that, try to <laughs> She wanted them. And he said, no, he was a man of integrity. 
He said, no, I can't do it. I mean, and in order for him to say, I can't do this thing, he sinned against God, he had to have been still walking with God, even through everything he went through. He didn't give up because he said, look, I can't do this, woman. You look good and all that. I know to be nice, but I can't because I don't want to sin against God. So Brother Joseph ran. She caught his clothes, ripped part of it off, and went and told her husband a lie. He tried to rape me. And what happens to Joseph? He gets thrown in prison. I mean, think about it. Think about it, church. Can anybody have anything worse happen to him? He's just a good old guy, just doing the right things. My own brother turned against me. I'm not with my father. Then I come into a foreign land, and then they throw me in jail. Joseph could have got there and said, Wait a minute, this is ridiculous. I'm going to go to, uh, look, look, Joseph could have got into prison and Joseph could have sit there and he could have had an attitude. I ain't going to do nothing you asked me to do. I'm, I'm ticked off. What do you want me, I ain't going to do nothing. I'm mad. Why are you mad? Because I got thrown, I ain't do nothing wrong. I'm going to protest. This is ridiculous. I am this is wrong. Don't ask me. Don't get away from me. I mean, he got every right. Don't, wouldn't y'all agree? After everything that brother went through, you'd be like, listen, I hear his story. I'd be like, brother, you do whatever you want, brother. <laughs> After all that, yeah. Joseph had every opportunity to do that. But you know what Joseph did? Joseph's attitude was completely different. Oh, look at Genesis chapter 39 real quick. I want you to lay your eyes on this verse. Genesis is that very first book in the Bible. Nobody going to get that one wrong. Look at this. Has anybody here ever been wronged in your life? Come on. Have you ever had somebody mistreat you? Have you ever had people lie on you? You know what I'm talking about. Well, you know you did the right thing. Have you ever been done good by people and they still mess you over? You know what I'm talking about. Look at this. Joseph, in in chapter 39, verses 20 through 23. Look at this. Look at this. Um, Let me get there first. Verse 20. Then Joseph's master took him, put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison for a crime he did not commit. But the Lord, everybody say, but. See, see, but cancels out everything else. See, but overrides. But. See, that's, that's what you got to do, that but. But the Lord was with Joseph, watch this, and showed him what? And he gave him what? In the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now watch this. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand All the prisoners who were in the prison, wherever they did, whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look to anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made him what? Oh, good God. Is anybody hearing this? The Lord made him prosper because watch this. Why? Because Joseph embraced his season. How many know 
that God appointed Joseph to that season. I'm going to say it again. He was appointed there. He was appointed to that season. Why? Because all from the beginning, it was God's purpose to elevate him. And watch this. The intensity of the elevation, the glory of where God's taking you to will determine the amount of intensity of trials and difficulty in your seasons. Let me, let me help you understand this. See, God made Joseph the prime minister in all of Egypt. Joseph was the man who was in control of everything, came from nowhere. But what Joseph did was, Joseph said, okay, this is my season. I got to go through this. This is hard. I don't like this. But, but, but you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a great attitude. See, some of us, we get in a bad season and our attitude stinks. And here's what happened. We missed the opportunity because we just said, y'all just told me. Y'all said God is in control. Did y'all not tell me that? I read a whole bunch of verses. Am I right about it? Everybody said, amen, amen, God's in control. Then why are you upset because of the season that he put you in? Why are you tripping, want to beat people up and go off the deep end? Come on. And get all mad and walk around like the world owes you everything if God has put you there. How do you know Joseph did not land in that prison by accident? In fact, Joseph did not land in Egypt by accident. All the while, remember I told you, God was pulling strings. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. But see, but see, Joseph, and see, how many know, and in that pruning process, what did Joseph have to learn how to do? One of the first things Joseph had to do, what? Forgive his brothers. He ended up having to confront his brothers. Now, you know, if you and I, in our flesh, would have confronted, you'd be like, well, don't, don't you, I'll chop your head off. Don't you brothers come near me. I mean, for years. Don't you come over here talking about you want some food and help you after what you did to me. You did it. And you want to come run up here to me talking about you need some help. You took me from my daddy. Where's my daddy at? No. Bible says Joseph kissed them, hugged them. They cried like babies. He said, go get my daddy. In fact, he said, bring my whole family here. Everybody come. Because, by the way, God has exalted me. I'm the second in command of all of Egypt. He embraced his season. If you don't learn to embrace your season, you don't understand that what God is doing in your life right now is preparation for what he want to do in this life and in the life to come. So when it's hard for you or you're going through one of those seasons and you know God is in control, just chill out. Have a great attitude. Be like Joseph. While I'm in the prison, I'm going to serve. The Bible said that Joseph was so favored that the, that the prison guards, you know, you know you're a good prisoner when the deputy, they let you control the prison. They just step over the side and go watch TV. Oh, they couldn't watch TV. Well, I don't know what they did in those days, but they go walk off. Joseph handled everything. They said they left it to him. How many know he had to have a good attitude? Amen. He had to have a good attitude in order to be given that kind of stuff. But see, here's what I'm trying to say. That's why when things happen to you in your life, 
when things happen to us in our life, we need to understand that, that, that there's divine purpose in it all. I want you to see that. that, that, that it's not just an accident. God is God, but you got to trust him. Remember I said earlier that it's harder to trust God until you're really in it where you really have to trust God. You can talk all you want to. Give me seminary degrees, quote scripture, upside down. It's, when you come to a place you have to trust them, ain't no seminary going to teach you. You don't have to go through it. There's some things they can't teach you in Bible school. There's some things they can't teach just reading the Bible. Some things you got to walk through it. Come on, am I right about it? There's some things in life you just got to walk through it. I mean, you just got to walk through it. But let me tell you something. When you walk through it and you come out on the other side of that thing, oh, glory to God. Now we can rejoice. Oh, but man, we get in these bad seasons and we complain. How many know that whenever you complain, you complain against God? You complain against God. And you miss your opportunity. We miss our opportunity. Because, watch this, Galatians 6, 9. Look, put your eyes on that verse. We're ready to close. Galatians 6, 9. Are you still there? Are you there yet? It's like the kids when you're on vacation. Are you there yet, Dad? Are you there yet? Shut up. We get there when we get there. <laughs> the kids just ask me that all the time. And let us not. Now, I want you to hear, hear this. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. I'm, about, I'm about ready to close this thing. Watch this. And let us not grow weary while doing what? Now, how many know we call that in police terms, we call that telegraphing. <laughs> okay? He's saying, don't be weary, which is to suggest that the temptation is that you're going to get weary. That it's going, you're going to have seasons in your life of challenges. Every, listen to me, no Christian is exempt. From challenges. That's why Paul said that I've learned that whatever state I am to be what? Content. But you know what Paul said? Paul said, I had to learn it. <laughs> Paul said, I had to learn. He said, I can do it all through Christ who strengthens me. Why did Paul say that? Because he knew that God was constantly shifting him in and out of seasons. Because the magnitude of the work of the apostle Paul was so great that he had to go through the season that he went through to get prepared for the work that God called him to. And hear me, you are no different. He said, let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, everybody say due season. We shall. Now how many of God, he can't be much more direct than that. You shall. You shall reap if you do not what? And lose heart. Now, now let me, let me, let me, let me, let me close by this. Let me close. Watch, watch this. So in the Bible uses two Greek words to describe time. Okay? The two Greek words that describe time in the New Testament. They are chronos, which is C-H-R-O-N-O-S, which is sequential time. All right? Those are minutes and hours. But then there is kairos. Kairos is spelled K-A-I-R-O-S. Kairos means the opportune time. Kairos is when things come to a head. Kairos is the big moment, a significant point in history. Kairos is a big moment. 
Did you not know that the same, when it says due season, that word season is, is time, and it means in the Greek, kairos. In due season, at the right time, you're going to have a chaos moment, a big moment that you've been waiting for. Now watch this, and listen to this. He says that you will reap if you faint not. Now watch this. Reap what? How many know that we're believing God? How many believe in God for a harvest? Come on, a harvest. See, that's what he said. You will reap if you don't do what? Quit. You're going to have a chaos moment that's going to be a significant moment that's going to bring everything together, everything you've been hoping for, everything you've been praying for, you've been believing God for. If you don't faint, you're going to have a chaos moment, a chaos moment. And so he says, watch this, you will reap, reap, reap if you do not what? Faint. See, a harvest is a time of mature crops. Amen. A harvest is the time of blessing. It's the time of gathering. It's the time of celebration. It's the time of rejoicing. God is saying to us, church, he said, look, if you endure the seasons, if you embrace what you're going through, if you look at your life and everything, listen to me, hear me, I'm theologically correct. You can check on it later. If you can view everything in your life as coming from me because I'm sovereign. View it as coming from me because I can change it. View it as coming from me if you endure it and if you keep the right attitude, if you stay faithful, you're going to have a chaos moment. He says you shall. Everybody say shall. He said you shall reap if you do not what? But here's the problem. Here's the test. Are you going to faint? Are you going to lose heart? He said the harvest, you're going to get the harvest. See, why do you keep working, Pastor? I, I don't believe in fame. I don't believe in quitting. I'm going to get the harvest because I, I read this verse. The verse says, if I keep doing good. Some of you have been doing good for a long time. And sometimes you get mad because you've been doing good for so long and people are not understanding or taking for granted you're good. But how many know that you're not accountable to people? You're accountable to God. And God is the one you're working to serve anyway. And God is the one who's in control of your life anyway, not your boss. Listen, not your boss, not that person. Listen to me. God is in control. So he said to me, God said to me that if I keep doing what I know is right, if I keep doing that in due season, do chaos, I will reap if I don't faint. My significant time of harvest is on the way. My time of gathering is on the way. It's going to happen. It's going to, God will make sure that it happens. Because somewhere else I read where it says that whatsoever a man sows, that shall he what? What are you sowing? Oh, gosh. Make sure that what you are sowing is good stuff that's going to reap. Because if you're sowing bad, how many know you're going to reap bad? But if you keep sowing good, even though all things may not come to you as good, I probably said that wrong, but you, you know what I mean. You keep doing good even when everything else around you is not good. You keep doing good. God said, I'm going to bless you. Don't forget about him. Forget about her. Stay faithful. 
Stay the course. If your boss, listen to me, if your boss had to correct you, take the correction. Listen, if the pastor, the man of God have to give you a word of correction, take the word of correction. Not for my sake, but for your sake. You hear what I'm saying? Because watch this. Joseph was a man who illustrated what it really means to dwell in your season and maintain a good attitude in the process. He maintained a good attitude because David, David said this one thing, and I'm sure he thought it. David said in one place in the book of Psalms, I, I can't find, I don't remember the verse offhand, but David said, I would have fainted. He said, I would have quit unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, like right now. How many believe you're going to see the goodness of God? How many, believe God, how many of you believe that your times are in God's hands? How many of really, you believe that? So, so look, don't get so fixed on the person. You do what God told you to do. Don't worry about people. Don't worry, people don't promote you, God promotes you. Promotion comes not from the east or the front of the west, but it comes from who? God. That's it. Embrace your season. Embrace it. And watch this. And watch the harvest come your way. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.